I know that we are a broken record, but we love talking mm-hmm. about this victory at the beginning of every service mm-hmm. um, from our school to our college to our church. Mm-hmm. We have a victory confession, and on it we say our best days are right, right in, in front, front of, of us. us. And we believe that. It's not just something that we say. That's but true. Often, as in everyone's life and in every church's life, yes. there is a behind the scenes of for sure our best days. Yeah. So that's what we—that's what this whole yeah. podcast is about: yeah. behind the scenes of church culture, yeah. life. Uh, yeah, just the ingredients involved in the, uh, the, what is a good church. Yeah, like what do you need to actually legit? It's not like the perfect. Behind, yeah, you don't have a behind the scenes like oh, we're also not. It's like we're, there's also toxicity. There's also it's not that. It's not saying like we're not bashing on the church. We no, actually no, 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 no. love yeah. the church. Yeah, behind the scenes of the church, you see how your best days get made. Like that's what really ends up happening. That's or right. Not, or not made. Or learn, not made. And you learn from those lessons. Yeah, next, your talk best about days are um, fade. Yeah, your yeah, best yeah, days yeah. don't <laughs> get made. They get they fade. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, I actually um, you have a lot you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So I love it. Today is um, in honor of the greatest, probably the most um, genius musician of all time, hmm. the guy with the blonde highlights from Rascal Flatts. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know his name. I was like, who are you going to say? <laughs> You're like, um, I don't I, know his name either. But Rascal Flatts has a song called yeah. Life is a Highway. They sure do. They sure do. And <laughs> it is on a uh, Pixar movie called Cars. Yeah. But that's not what we're here to talk But the whole term of life is a highway yeah. is it's corny, it's cheesy. Yeah. But as we were talking about it, it's so true because on a highway, what are some things that you have? There's a direction you're going in. Boom. You have a speed you have to have. There's a minimum speed on highways. And Ooh. if you do that, you get pulled over for not going fast enough. You can actually endangers. get in trouble for not being about. Too slow or too fast. So there's a oh. threshold within which you have to balance. That's super deep. It's pretty good. Hopefully you guys are tracking good. so far of where good. we... This is our diving board <laughs> of where we're jumping off into this. But life is a highway. So... On a highway, you have tolls. Yeah. So there are things that you are, there are costs that you have to take totally. into consideration. Totally. And then I just burped. I heard um, that. I'm so sorry. We're trying to stay I'm, caffeinated for you. Yes, we are. We're doing this for you. I don't enjoy this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> do I? <laughs> yes, he does. I do. I love it. He does. I love so, it. So, okay. But um, love cold sp- speaking of speaking of taking okay, costing more than what you thought, <laughs> I was getting on a highway. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was driving, keeping my eyes on the road as a good boy. Yeah. And I, um, I, it, I didn't have a Pike Pass, so I reach in my console to grab a bunch of coins. Um, I reach in for some somehow the coin got hooked on my ring finger with my wedding band, <sighs> and so I grab. It was so odd. I have no idea. I remember throwing all of my coins into this pike pass thing and i just see my wedding band go and go into the funnel and it spins so it goes into this and i was like wow this highway cost more oh yeah i thought yikes um anyways there's a sermon there i think maybe um also picture there being not one of the automatic ones but there's a person yeah throw it and they go oh man come on (laughs) so i called 
the We Live in Oklahoma. Um, for all of you guys who are listening um, in different places. Bangladesh. Bangladesh, Kuwait, Chicago. Yeah. Qatar. Qatar. Tokyo is hosting the World Olympics. I'm yes. sure there's a lot of listeners. So, yeah, thanks, Olympics, for tuning in. Um, so, <laughs> because of... I threw it in. I called the Oklahoma Highway Patrol people, and I was like, hey... I threw my wedding band in there and they go, uh-huh. And I was like, so how can I get it? Like, mm. I'm sure you have all of these, all of these coins in there. There's someone who probably comes to exchange it out. Can you tell me when they're coming? That way I can get my wedding ring back. Yeah. And they go, we cannot give out that information because you will probably hold them up at gunpoint. Yeah. You could rob them. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's a thing. And they go, people get robbed. Our highway like coin collector people wow. get robbed all the time. And I was like, whoa, this is a they whole They get sub- robbed all the time. That's what they said. That's what this woman on the phone said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, okay, so how would you suggest that I get back my wedding ring? She goes, I am not saying this, but I am saying that if you're there between 5 p.m. and 8.45 p.m. tomorrow night, you may or may not be able to get back your wedding ring. So I was like, okay. So I pulled over to the side of the road the next night and I sat there and after an hour, I was like, this is the dumbest thing (laughs) I would rather just buy. And so anyways, yeah, all of a sudden the individual, um, the individual pulls up and I, come out of my car and I was like, Oh good. You're here. I'm here to get my wedding ring. And he jumps in his car and drives uh-huh, off. Sure. Uh, so anyways, life is a highway. Life's friends. a highway. Sometimes life is a highway. You get held up. Yeah. Yeah. And it Sometimes takes you through the, the ringer. That's okay. I know they're not all winners. I know you're enjoying this. Okay. And yeah. if you're not, if you're like, what is this podcast? This is season two. I think this, this is, is season two. If you're listening, if this is your first time listening, we're grateful. But, yeah. Thank you for tuning in. But we doubt it. <laughs> yeah. We doubt it. <laughs> so anyways, but as you, and then, okay. So now we're talking about church and life. So yeah. thinking about certain tolls yeah. that cost you more than what you thought. Yeah. The highway metaphor is applicable here because... If you say, I want to go somewhere, they go, great. The fastest way is a highway. Awesome. But it happened to me. We were driving to Dallas in February of this year, oh, yeah. and I ran a toll. And then the um, I had just gotten married and moved into my new house, so they sent the thing to the wrong address. So then they accumulated. I didn't know about it until a collection place called me, and I was like, dang it. Now I have to pay for it, and I have to pay the fine, and I'm sure it's going to affect my credit, whatever. So it caught so, it oh costs goodness. so you just don't take into account sometimes you can go through the pike pass thing uh and it technically speeds you up but it'll cost you more down the road anyways we've been talking about how we have uh so many metaphors john and i speak in concepts and um we've been thinking about how oftentimes as we're talking about church stuff relational dynamics that happen there's a re- the thing that spurred on this metaphor was that there's a cost involved to trying to get somewhere right and so we've talked about friends we've had or ourselves, our own experiences who, um, you know, you've got these solid group of people and then you're sharing with them this dream that you have. But then let's say the dream starts to happen and that solid group of people scatters and they're so not like necessarily for, eager to celebrate you. 
Mm, and they yeah. were happy for you when uh, you were around. When you were speaking about the dream and you uh -huh. were like, hey, God has really put this on my heart. I totally. have this idea. Totally. And I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to launch out and I'm going to do this. Absolutely. And these things are going to fall into place. Yeah. Well, then whenever you launch out, all of a sudden you doing something differently, yeah. it, it automatically puts you not always around the people that you were close with. Right. Yeah. And so naturally, it's hard. You don't you don't grow apart. It's just relationships change. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing that. And then as an individual, if you're starting a business or if you're really launching out to do this ministry, sure. All of a sudden, the people that you went to Bible college with that you that you talked day and night about right. launching this I'll church. Speak at this conference. I'll speak at this, this conference and, and this that conference. Happen, well, when you begin doing happen. it, those friendships change, and you go, Hey, wait. Did something happen between you and me? Are right, we good? Are right, we okay? Right. When in reality, you're everything is fine. Sure. It's just yeah. It's a cost that you did not count. Yeah. On the highway of getting to where you want to go. Definitely. And so, relational cost. Mm -hmm. What are some other costs that come mm. into like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. I'm with that. I remember the. Imagine if um, if Jairus, the synagogue leader. And that lady with with the issue of blood, if they had been friends and he's got a 12 year old daughter and he's enjoyed raising her for 12 years and now she's on her deathbed. And this is from the the, the story in the Matthew Bible. Matthew 9, Mark 5, Luke 8. It's not in the book of John. Um, and then you got this lady who's got this sickness inside her body for as long as Jairus has had a daughter. He's mm. enjoying raising his daughter. She's got all these issues. And then she gets the healing that he wants for his daughter. And what's interesting, in all three of those Gospels, Jesus looks at this woman who's probably older than him. If she's had an issue of blood, I can't assume for sure, yeah. but if she's had an issue internally for 12 years, she's probably older than 33. Yeah. So a 30-something-year-old dude looks at her, and in all three of the Gospels, he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Like, he goes there in front of Jairus. And doesn't bother to explain to Jairus, hey, listen, like, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to heal your daughter. But on the way there, I'm going to heal all these other people first. Like, on the highway wow. of you pursuing the calling and destiny of your life, you're going to watch some people that you consider undeserving. Because he's a teacher in the synagogue. So, so Jairus is like upper echelon. I'm doing everything I know to do correctly. I'm doing it right. She actually just broke an old law. Because if back in those days in the Old Testament, if you had an issue with blood, you're not supposed to touch anybody. Right. You're not supposed to touch a rabbi. So wait, so like she broke the law. She wasn't even like one of the followers. She didn't even do the correct way of coming up and asking Jesus. She just was pushing in through there people. And grabbed him. Yeah, exactly. And she got healed. So Jairus, and I'm saying this not just for their sake, but like you en route to your destiny. You have to watch other people get to their destination even though they didn't do it as well as you. They didn't get the grades you got in college, maybe. They didn't serve God as much. When you'd be like, what do you read in your Bible today? They go, I don't know, I read it every so often, you know, like two, three times a week. And you're like, oh, but I'm so diligent. I'm so attentive. And it starts to, wow. yeah. And there's so many directions you can go with that. But the point in this episode is, imagine if they were close. It would be difficult for them. It's difficult yeah. to, to celebrate with people while you're not ready to celebrate for yourself. So it's interesting as I observe the conversations we've had about people who um, careers shift in their lives and things are going better for them. 
but then they're looking back at the cost that it had on their relationships that they weren't aware of. Yeah. I brought it up earlier where like I played high school basketball and um, this is true in all basketball. Like if you're playing a zone defense, which means that each player um, is standing in a certain section and they're trying to defend the in, ball in the basketball lamp. court. So they're not playing yeah. man on man. They're playing in yeah. their specific. Exactly. Zone. So it's like, Arvin, you stand over here by this block and you stand here and you stand here. I was taught in high school, and I played at a, a, a small private Christian school. Uh, shout out Randy Fulmer. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, but any player of any level will know that if the ball moves at w- any point, the entire defense has to move. Has to shift. Even though the ball's on the other side of the court or the other side of the section, you have to adjust. So anytime your career changes, your relationship changes, anything like that that happens as you're doing life in a church dynamic, every relationship you have should adjust. And if it doesn't, that's where breakdowns happen. That's where people wow. lose out on people. If you're not aware of that, we were talking about one friend we have who made some awesome progress in their life, but then they didn't expect their relationships to change. Right. And so they are they actually love the progress. For like sure. They're like, woo, mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. But man, wh- how come no one is like, I- I've tried reaching out to people and no one is wanting to hang out or anything. Mm, and sure. Maybe people are jealous, mm-hmm. and it's like no, no Maybe one is jealous. Busy. People are busy because yeah. you're you're just in a new season of yeah. life. Here, this woman's like, Jairus, could you did you see what happened? You're my rabbi at the synagogue, and Jesus just healed me. And he's like, That's great news. I have to go now because I'm trying to get him to get to my daughter's funeral, and it's difficult. It's difficult in every single position. There's that is such a powerful it. perspective for sure, for sure. And it's kind of, and it's eye opening. Yeah, you know. Okay, so t- talking about like so we talk. So the whole thing, life is a highway. There's tolls. Mm-hmm. That's what we're on right now. The cost, costs that you were like, wow, that yeah. is not what I expect. Has anyone ever been at? I've been on a highway to where it's like, I've had to write a check for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're like, yeah, I was like, I don't have any yeah. change or yeah. cash. Yeah, and then they're like, okay, well we accept check, and I was like, okay, well who has checks anymore yeah <laughs> you know like i didn't even know what the, so i remember writing a check and being like fascinating yeah here is a dollar yeah. check um and it was go, just we can't accept checks less than 20 dollars. yeah so. <laughs> and i'm like what <laughs> is like, going on get out of here yeah. so anyways but it's just a unique thing but i've definitely been on uh and so when i think about when ministries decide like something mm-hmm. that is really and yeah. something that's really exciting is launching a new campus. Absolutely. So here at Victory, we launched Victory Downtown mm-hmm. Campus. Mm-hmm. And it was 2016, 2017. Me and um, he is the guy who's over our, our pastoral team. His name is Mark Kresge. Great dude. They yeah, yeah, awesome. Him and his wife, Natalie, power couple. Yeah. They asked me and Mark to be over this Victory Downtown Campus. It was in 2017, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so we launched the campus. Yeah. It was fun. It was exciting. It had all of the aggravations of launching a campus, right? Yeah. yeah. It was downtown. So, and we thought we counted the cost. The one thing that we didn't think about was that, oh, this is a facility that we're renting. Mm. So yeah. tearing down, yeah. setting up, it got to the point to where we thought, oh, we will build volunteer teams. Mm-hmm. And volunteer teams are amazing, but after five or six months, volunteer yeah. teams are like, 
hey, you yeah. know, I'm having to work late today. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I can't be there to help set up or, mm-hmm. hey, I need to leave right after church because I have a birthday party or da da. da. Yeah. And I can't hold them accountable because they're kindly giving you some of their time. They're kindly giving me. So I can't yeah. like hold them to a, yeah. uh, a, a level of yeah. being like, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. you have to help us tear down these um, awful curtains <laughs> and these really heavy uh, curtain rods yeah. and everything. But every, but then I would see people out in public and they'd go, man, victory downtown. Awesome. How is that? Mm-hmm. Is that awesome? <laughs> hey, that sermon that lasted 35 minutes. Yeah. That was a funny sermon with yeah. some really good scripture. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you have no idea. The and cost. I'm like, yeah, but the cost of it. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. We were called to do that campus. We really felt like God told us to do it. Totally. So we did it. Yeah. Well, when COVID striked, yeah. it was like, and the, and the unique thing, the place we were having, it was called The Bond, The mm-hmm. Bond Venue Downtown. And they yeah. did weddings and, yeah. and, yeah. uh, beautiful and space. yeah, yeah, beautiful space. Well, what's unique is that on their end, they didn't count the cost. Yeah. Because basically they were like, we can't book anything on a night that you guys mm-hmm. have done this year. Yeah. So an incredible opportunity came for this yeah. um, for this venue space. Yeah. And it was on a Monday night when yeah. we had service. Yeah. And they were like, hey, would you guys, mm-hmm. and they were like, hey, we're friends, right? So it's really cool. Would you guys mind moving your church service to this night? Just because, man, there's this artist coming in town mm-hmm. and he's wanting you to do like an album release party. Yeah, and, he's gonna want to, and we go, no, we can't just move our church service yeah. three days before the church service yeah. because people are used to doing church at this time. And they go, well, we're telling you like three or four days before. So maybe you guys, we're like, we can't move it. Yeah. And from then on, they weren't in the church world. Sure. That's of course. They're a business. Yeah. They're a business. Yeah. But from then on, yeah. the cost was, it was not as easy working with them. Sure. And I'm not throwing them under the bus. No, yeah. Understood. It was just kind of like, oh, okay. There's a co- this happens all the time with every kind of thing. There's yeah, costs involved. Yeah, but it's things that you don't even yeah. think about. Totally. Um, especially if you're not like having to lead or mm-hmm. grow something or mm-hmm. start something up from the ground. You know, well then when COVID happened, they were like, hey, um, you, you know, you guys can no longer meet in here. Mm, yeah. And we were like, okay. Now we were paying them on a monthly basis. And so as us having to move out, I remember, um, so whenever COVID opened back up in Oklahoma, we had started a Sunday night young adult group that yeah. was thriving, doing well. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm out and about. I see our contacts from the bond and they're like, Hey, the bond venue space. And they go, Hey, you guys should come back. We're now open and we would really, really need your business because Mm. we closed down, but now we need business. And we were at the point to where like our Mm. new situation fit better. Yeah. Um, so it's like, well, we're we're not going to do it. Yeah. So, right now that space is no more. Yeah. I'm not saying it's because they don't have our business, but I'm saying no. Yeah. That shifted. Yeah. Everything has a cost. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that they should have broken the rules of, of no, sure. No, sure. It's just unique to me how to even on the ministry side to someone who says, um, we have people in our creative department and they're like, man, I really, really want to work for a church. I want to do graphics. I want to do video. I want to do all these things. Yeah. Well, Caleb Taranzo is sitting in here. Yeah. He is doing, he's done all of our podcasts. Right. 
set all this up. Well, then we're grateful, Caleb. We're ve- we're very Thank grateful, so and I'm sure Caleb would tell you. Two years ago, he probably did not know he was going to be shooting like mm-hmm. these testimonial videos every week, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah. Right now, people are scheduled, even though we're hourly. People are scheduled to work Sunday through Thursday. Well, Caleb comes up to edit videos yeah. on Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it was like, oh, I did not know. But it, there are just certain things that go with the territory yeah. that you don't always know until you're in it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong. It's just, oh, yeah. life is a highway. Yeah. This is the cost. <laughs> That's right. So anyways, no. anything else before we go on? to? Yeah. No. I mean, there's a lot to that. I grow up going, I just want to be in ministry and I want to do this and I do that. Not knowing at all the costs that are associated with it. And I think if I had to summarize the entirety of this, I would say whatever you are like, whatever got you involved in wanting ministry where you, you were at a packed out conference and a cool speaker spoke and you were like, I think God's saying that I'm going to do this. I should be a preacher or an author or a speaker or on a church staff. I should be a pastor. Like I assure you, the quote unquote spoils of and the perks of that position will not be worth what you're going to have to pay along the way in terms of personal growth. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm 28. I'm young. I'm a kid. And I already would say, if you told me right now, Hey, here's this best position in the world, pastor of the world, whatever I'd go, I've already encountered personal revelation that has had to happen, personal pain and growth that has had to happen, that if you came up to me at the beginning and you go, okay, here's the trade. You're going to be this big deal in the future. Everyone's going to love hearing how you talk about the word of God and whatever, but this is the cost. I'd go, that's not worth it. And that's what tends to happen is a lot of people get into this line of work and then the cost of personal growth along the way, the cost of developing character along the way, the cost of having true integrity and not being self-promotional and not turning stones into bread every chance you get and slipping in how successful you're going to be to every single person. That stuff's not worth going through that. The only thing that's actually worth it is being known and understood by Jesus. Yeah. Like as Christianese as that sounds, I can already say confidently, I can only imagine what you, what Pastor Paul, what Pastor Ashley, other leaders, wherever you're listening from, whatever pastor uh, or mentor example you have, I can only imagine the cost that has been associated privately with growing to the point where you're, you're handed something that God goes, I need you to steward this now. And you go, oh, okay, that's fine. What do you want to do with it? It's no longer a platform for you to go, wow, look at all these people who came to hear me preach. All you're actually doing uh, is saying, God, would you just have your way with this? Because I, if everyone here celebrates me, it's still not worth what I've encountered in my life. Yeah. If everyone here is super happy for me, that's great. But I care so little now about their hatred or their praise. Uh, and because of that, the only true joy at the end of this journey is... Jesus, are you happy with this? Right. Are you enjoying this? Are you, am I a delight to you? Because I'm convinced if I became the most famous preacher, author, leader in the history of humanity, where it's like Billy Graham and Arvin Sepper, and then you brought to me all the things I'd have to encounter along the way to actually be able to steward that mandate from God, that anointing, I'd go, that's not worth it. No way. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. 
But you go, well, what about this cost to know Jesus? I go, well, that's worth it. That's probably the only thing that's worth it. And I think people, if we're real honest, when they come face to face with that realization, a lot of people go, I don't think, I don't think that's worth it. I don't think knowing Jesus isn't worth it. Being a big deal probably is. And they're wrong, but they won't find out for a while. Yeah. And that's another thing is as a, as a person in ministry, you go on to observe people who make that decision. And people have asked me for, what do I say to this friend of mine who's, who's done? They're over with, they're done with church. They're deconstructing and they don't want to reconstruct. There's none of that. <laughs> yeah. That's it. What do I say? I go, be there in three years if they call. Like, I, I don't know what else is. And maybe there's a better pastoral response. I'm not here yeah. a, as a licensed whatever, but I'm saying like, be available in the future because some people need, they have to go on that highway and figure out if they want to turn directions the other way, there's a cost. If you drive the wrong way on the highway, it's, it's dangerous for you and for others. And if you try to like drive over there to tell them, no, 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 you should turn around. You make it hit. Thanks. Right. Yeah. So it's basically like, don't help people without their permission. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Don't save people without their permission. Stay in your lane. That's right. And what God has called you to do. And so just knowing that, and I know that you guys would go, okay, so what is this all about? Basically to bring it back home, kind of like what Arvin was saying is that there is costs that have, um, like, don't be surprised if all of a sudden things come up and it costs you relationships or emotional quota. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Emotional energy. Yeah. Um, or even relational energy. Um, you know, if all those things, as long as you're doing things unto Jesus to where you're like, okay, is this making me more like Jesus? Mm-hmm. And is this what yeah. I'm called to do, right. which goes to our final point, and it's stay in your lane. So if life is a highway, yeah. life is a highway, <laughs> yeah. stay in your lowest lane. Yeah. So, There's got to be a super cut of all of these jokes after yeah. all the podcasts we ever do. <sighs> Just 30 minutes of Caleb, them. count the cost. <laughs> and um, Only you can change, but that's just my two cents. Um. That was actually good. Hold on. I'm going to say it again. Only you can change, but that's just my two cents. <laughs> All right. You guys can write those down. Oh, my God. The final thing that we're, that we're um, landing yeah. the, or at least putting things in park on. Yeah. Is, yeah. is <laughs> the exit that, ramp. <laughs> the exit ramp of this podcast is staying in your lane. Yeah. Pastor Paul. So we're recording this in June, but mm-hmm. you guys will be hearing this later on in August and September of 2021. Um, Pastor Paul, this past weekend, preached an incredible word mm-hmm. about, um, it's about the man's mind, healing mm-hmm. the man's mind. Yeah. And he talked about the demon-possessed man. Yeah. And when Jesus went over to the other side, Jesus crossed all the way to the other side yeah. for yeah. one man. Yeah. And there were some really, you guys just need to listen to this sermon. But yeah. I was just going to talk about one part of the sermon, which I'm sure you maybe have heard in the past. Mm. But, because basically he's like, Hey, if you're paralyzed and I heal you and you're paralyzed, then, but if you have a sick mind or when I say sick mind, if you have all of these inner demons mm-hmm. and you get healed uh, of the physical, whether yeah. it's like healed of a broken leg, healed mm-hmm. from being paralyzed, but you still have these demons, if you still have depression, then you didn't really heal anyone. Mm. And kind of talking about um, that legion for we are many, the demon possession yeah. was lots of 
voices in his head. Yeah. Which is unique because demons, and I don't mean to get into the whole spirituality of it, but why not? Yeah. It's kind of like in this day and age and in different places, demon possession reveals itself Mm -hmm. differently in different people. Yeah. So me and Arvin, we grew up going out on mission on the missions field. So we would witness and it happens in America, just mm-hmm. not everyday life. But we w- would see things on the missions field where people would contort and mm-hmm. vomit and crawl like on their they would sprint on mm-hmm. all fours yeah. because they were possessed by the devil mm-hmm. uh, or by demons. Yeah. And then, you know, it wasn't the spirit of Christ compels you. It wasn't that type of an exorcism. It was sure. using the authority, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus to pray for people. Yeah. And people would vomit out. Mm-hmm certain things and then all of a sudden you would see like almost like they would release air yeah and it was almost like but they were being set free of demons and it was so wild to see that on the missions field yeah and one thing that paul asked my dad was he was like dad how come this is not like this in america yeah um whenever my dad was alive and they were on the missions and he's like well it is it's just shown in different ways yeah you know like how God works in different ways. Yeah. The devil also does. Sure. Now God's ways are obviously more powerful. Of course. But anyways, but and so he's talking about the demon possession and 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 how he gets set free and it was a and it was a powerful altar call of just and it was on Father's Day weekend of healing the man's mind because if you can heal one man's mind, you can impact an entire family. Right. Um so the importance of that and then he talked about and then once he got healed. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Yeah. He once he got healed, it was that new thing. Yeah. It was that new highway on ramp. Yeah. Where the demon possessed guy who was now in his right mind, he was clean, he was healed, he was set free. He saw what Peter was doing. He mm-hmm. saw the disciples. Mm-hmm. He saw Jesus. He saw the conferences. He saw the packed out mega church. Right. He saw the Instagram and he was like, Jesus. Let me go with you and do what what your bros do. Like, let me hang out with the bros. Let me be one of your disciples. Let me travel and preach with you. Yeah. And then Jesus said, stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. He actually said in the book, I believe it was in Matthew or Mark. It's Mark 5. Mark 5. Mark 5, 9. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 19 or there was a niner in there somewhere. Um, He said, go home to your family. Yeah. Tell them of what. Uh, tell them of what I did and the mercy and grace that was given to you by God. Yeah. Two things. He was like, stay, stay here, go home to your family. Yeah. Tell them the miraculous works that God did and of the mercy and grace you received. Yeah. About staying in your lane. And it's not to say that he wasn't allowed to open up his own, to plant his own synagogue at yeah. the bond venue. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and the, and the guy who got healed of demon possession, have a million yeah. Instagram followers and be yeah. like, I now have, I now released a book and yeah. you can buy it at these places. And yeah. it's awesome. It was stay in your lane. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's the thing that is difficult for most people in a world yeah. where everyone posts their best days. Right. And so people are like, I want what I see you having. Right. And I know this sounds like a broken record. We talk about this a lot in the podcast. But, but you need because, it. I need yeah, it. I need it. I need it every day. I'm, I can't imagine a person doesn't need to hear it. Right. 
And so that's why this will be a consistent theme is that there is always a behind the scenes mm -hmm. of someone's best days of going, oh, I want to switch into that lane and then this lane. And then it's so funny. Whenever I see a bottleneck coming up on a highway, mm. I begin shifting lanes to figure out mm -hmm. which lane is going to get me through this the fastest. Right. And sometimes yeah. I get stuck in a lane and I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've gotten, I've, rear-ended people mm. i've hurt other people mm. on accident gotten tickets gotten fender benders of trying to get out of my lane yeah to force something to happen yeah because i see another lane that i'm like oh, but this one's moving faster right right it's really real like I, the the metaphor is there and, and sometimes it's silly and funny how we always do that but like i know people who their ambition cost them their family I know uh, people, I'm thinking of people I know in Europe. I'm not naming anyone, obviously, here or whatever. Um, I know a family that, like, the this dude's a pastor. This was years ago. And uh, he's he decided that uh, his ambition was worth more than his kids. And it was worth more than uh, the unsupportive wife that he had. So he decided, I'm, I'm good. Man. And uh, I remember someone, I think my dad contacted him and was like, can we talk about this? And the guy was like, I have a PhD in theology. I don't know what you're going to teach me. And so I'm not harping on him. I'm just saying there is a lane of like, you think that you've learned enough. You think that you've wow. known enough. You think yeah. that you've can, I deserve to be in this. The, I guarantee you the reason getting prideful is not the lane to be in is because Jesus in all of his glory was never prideful. So if you want to be close to him, pride is the furthest lane from him. Man. Humility, it says, well, I don't remember second Timothy or wherever where it talks about that he stripped everything off. Yeah. Counting it, whatever. I don't know the scripture right now. And that's okay. I'm okay yeah. with it. But the whole point being, it talks about his humility that he was like, I have, I have the ability to do whatever I need to do, but I will not. I mean, let me say it like this at the beginning of his life, when he's being tempted in the wilderness, he's tempted to turn stones into bread. And if he had done that, he would have had enough bread for him to eat that one day at the end of his life. Joseph of Arimathea has a brand new tomb tomb. And when Jesus dies and then comes out of that tomb, he says, I'm the bread of life. What was that tomb before it was the bread of life? It was a stone because it was brand new. He literally turned stones into bread, not for one meal at the beginning, but, but for, for every oh, human man, being. Man, what God's powerful. trying to do in your wow. life is make whatever you're tempted to do at the beginning, self-promotion to become a big it's deal, so whatever. Look at his relationship with bread throughout the entire Gospels at the beginning. And here's the other thing. I, I, I know we're going to close soon, but this is uh, Im impacted my going. life. When he comes out of the wilderness and he goes into the uh, Sermon on the Mount, it's like Matthew 7, verse 9, where he's talking to the people and he goes, Hey, you parents, you sinful parents, if your child asks you for bread, do you hand him a stone? Where did that analogy come from? He just experienced a season where he knew he had a God-given hunger to eat bread. That's not a sin. It's not wrong to eat bread. Right. Okay? That's exactly what he's supposed to do. He has a stomach and esophagus and a body that needs to consume calories. He's going without the thing that he knows God made him to have in order to survive. 
Wow. And then he's willing to get out there and preach and say, you know what? God's a good God. I've gone through seasons where I don't have the bread that I want that I need, that I know I'm called to. I don't have necessarily the the job that I know I'm called to, that I need to survive. Man. But God's a good God. He doesn't give stones to his kids. He gives He gives bread. Wow. I had some stuff. I refuse to manipulate my God-given gifts and talents to promote myself. I'd rather go hungry because he said to him, I want to feed off of... It says... Uh, I feed off of every word of God because he said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Jesus is saying, I want to hear the voice of God more than I want to feed myself what I want. I want it to be what he says over what I say. He did it at the beginning of his life. And that was born in him in the desert so that at the last day before he dies, he could also say, once again, what you want over what I want. So... The reward for that is he's now the bread of life for every human being who wants it. So the scale God's called you to is actually bigger than you're aware of, but it's going to take the season of, hey, uh, we're out of bread. The disciples go buy it. This lady comes and Jesus ministers to her. They come back with bread and he goes, I've got bread you don't know about. Mm, Yeah. That's the bread that happened there. So. To summarize it, I know I got long-winded there, but no, the point, that was so good. The point I'm trying apologize. to make is Jesus is worth it. knowing him is worth it. The other stuff that's cool, I'm all for it. I love conferences, I love books, I read every day. I'm always going to read books. I'm always I, I hope to write them. I hope to be involved in that, but in proper priority, which the priority is I is it's an it's enough to hear the voice of God for real and to know him for real. Nothing else is going to be worth it. Mm. Nothing else is going to be worth it. So yeah. listening to the voice of God, hearing the voice of God, knowing that if you're experiencing something that's costing you <laughs> some things that you didn't expect. Yeah. Just know that you're on a highway. There's certain tolls that you got to pay. Yeah. In fact, that's why it's called paying attention. Right. Because uh, yeah. you have to pay <laughs> wow. with yeah. it. Yeah. And then the final thing is staying in your lane. What Arvin said, I hope you really were able to take notes if you were at the gym or driving. Save this podcast because I'm going to mm-hmm. about you know, not just the revelation of the bread, but knowing of like, yeah, Jesus stayed in his lane yeah, because he saw the, it's actually much bigger yeah. than what yeah. the devil or what even people thought it's it was. It's an eternal scale. It's an internal scale. It's yeah. an internal lane. Yeah. So knowing your lane and staying in it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning Appreciate in it. to behind the scenes of our best days of our best days. We love you. See you later.